Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you stick with it. My guest this week is Sam Schwartz, who is a gun violence survivor and gun violence prevention activist. Before we get started, I want to add a little bit of context for this episode and let you know that I had this conversation with Sam on September 20th, 2023, which was the day after news broke that the Biden administration would be announcing its plans to create a new office for gun violence prevention. On September 22nd, President Biden announced the establishment of the first ever White House Office of Gun Violence Prevention. So I wanted to feature Sam in light of these recent developments. Without further ado, let's get started with this episode featuring Sam Schwartz. Hi, everyone. My name is Sam Schwartz. Um, when, uh, in, in 2018, when I was 14 years old, my cousin Alex Schachter was murdered in his English classroom in Parkland, Florida, uh, and he was also 14 years old. Um, I really did not know what to do with that grief at the time. I knew that I was upset and I knew that I was uh, traumatized by what happened to my family, but I didn't really know exactly what to do with that grief. Um, And it really wasn't until I started looking at the fact that these shootings had happened so predominantly across so many different communities in the United States. And I saw um, a lot of my friends at March for Our Lives take action who are really not that much older than me that I said, you know what, I can probably do something with this grief in a positive way. And if there's going to be anything good that comes out of this shooting, it's going to be that we can pass um, some gun legislation that maybe this won't happen to another family. So for the past five years, I have been fighting like hell for gun control legislation, gun safety legislation, whatever you want to call it, in America, at the state level, at the federal level. Um, That that includes an assault weapons ban, uh, raising the age to 21, uh, to buy a gun, universal background checks, safe storage, red flag laws, you name it. And, uh, you know, any law you name, there's just been pushback on the Republican side, even the stuff that seems like the most common sense, like uh, red flag laws. Uh, When we brought that up to, for example, like Matt Gates, he said, uh, we can't do that because uh, the notifications on the red flag app would just bombard your phone all day. And we were like, yeah, shouldn't that tell you how many fucking shootings there are? Like, hello. Um, So we've just for the past five years received so much pushback and honestly it only makes us stronger so that's who i am and that's what i've been doing thank you so much for sharing that story sam and i would love to pick your brain more about this topic of gun violence and its proliferation in the united states so i found that gun violence is an issue that many people around the world are interested in and have questions about so as someone who is raising awareness about this issue Can you give me an overview of the issue of gun violence in America? What are the roots of the issue and why has gun violence continued to impact Americans? The the core reason of why it's such an issue in America is just plain, simple money. Um, It all goes back to the money in any in any issue in American uh, society, whether it be climate or civil rights or whatever. it, It all goes back to money. But it honestly goes a little deeper than that, too, with this issue, because guns are so um, ingrained in American culture. Um, Whether we like to acknowledge that fact or not, it just is that way. Guns are a part of uh, uh, Western culture for millions of Americans. Um, And that doesn't mean that uh, we need to 
take every single gun out of the picture. But we do have to recognize that fact that for, for a lot of people, guns represent um, great memories, like going hunting with your dad or getting a, a gun for your birthday and you cherish it and you clean it. You know, that kind of stuff is what is ingrained in many millions of Americans' minds. So for a very long time in this country, the, there was not a shooting problem. There wasn't a shooting epidemic. There were accidents with guns. There maybe were the occasional shooting, um, but it was never like it was now. So it, when Columbine happened, that was really the start of school shootings and mass shootings as we know them. Um, and actually, when Columbine happened, uh, the president at the time, uh, Bill Clinton, uh, really was... Um, pushing very hard for gun control. And the NRA was not like we know it now. The NRA was still very strong. There was still a very, very uh, big lobbying power in the United States, but they were not as they are now, where it's you're either with us or you're against us. There, there was some in-between room. So what they found was when President Clinton would push for gun control, they would make so much money because they would scare you and whoever else into saying, oh, my God, they're going to take our guns away. We have to buy guns right now. They're going to take our guns. They're going to um, uh, de-weaponize us. And it's going to be like Nazi Germany. And they're going uh, to take our job. So they would make so much money off of Democrats calling for gun control, which they sh rightfully should have, um, that they said, well, you know what? I guess our stance has to be not uh, gun control because we, uh, if we're going to keep making money like we did after Columbine, then we have to be against this and we have to keep using fear and uh, scare tax tactics to make people believe that Democrats are evil and they're coming for our guns and they just want us all uh, de-weaponized de so that they can rule us. That was the mentality behind um, the NRA. And now it's just grown to the point where if you say anything about guns as a Republican, they won't donate money to your campaign. You, they, would, they will smear you to the point where you will literally lose because there's a lot of people who are single issue voters on gun control and gun rights now that um, if you speak out as a Republican against guns and you uh, didn't get the, you would never get the approval of the NRA in the first place, but if they didn't know about it or they don't like it, you are pretty much done. Um, so a lot of re uh, re Republican politicians, whether it be senators, um, representatives or even people in the state legislature, they are scared to speak out because they could lose re-election. And that is obviously a, a terrible thing, but that's the reality of American politics now. The NRA controls the topic of guns in uh, with, with the Republican Party. So that is why it's so difficult to get them to talk about it. That's why it's so difficult to get um, action because they, the NRA has convinced so many Americans that Democrats just want to disarm and uh, make you unsafe and rule you. And that is absolutely not the case. Uh, but it's become so entrenched in our culture that it's very, very hard to get people to think, well, well, hey, hang on a second. Maybe it's not that we want to take your guns away. Maybe it's that we want to make our families and children safe. That's also like, are we forgetting about that? So uh, the NRA really is the big, big force here. And, and there's the NSSF, the National Shooting Sports Foundation, who is a big player in this as well. But again, it just goes back to the money and, and guns in America. The culture of it is so much different than uh, most other first world countries.
Yeah, that's really interesting. So what is your take on what the turning point will be for this issue in America? As you've talked about, this is an issue that is ingrained in American life. So what do you think will have to happen in order for this issue to change in America? Uh, yeah, well, it, there will be a shift when enough young people start voting. Um, and it's not like when enough young people, we've already seen that they are voting in outstandingly large numbers across every state in the United States. Um, for example, in, in 2022, uh, it was widely speculated that there would be a massive red wave that would sweep state legislatures and federal level, and there just absolutely was not one. Um, it, it, a red wave was prevented. They took back the House by five seats only, and we Democrats kept the Senate, um, and that was amazing. And it was because uh, that, that happened because Republicans and Democrats were not factoring in how large the voting block of young people is, uh, was in 2022 and will be in 2024. So if we thought that there was a large number of young people voting in 2022, uh, there will be millions more voting in 2024 because there are so many issues at stake that young people are primarily affected by more than other people. For example, climate change is huge with young people. A lot of older generations are like, well, you know, I really won't be around that much longer to experience it. Uh, so it's not really my issue, which is BS. It's everyone's issue. But for a lot of young people, we're going to have to deal with the ramifications of not taking action on climate and guns. Um, so we are we are activated as a generation. And it's it's honestly like the 60s with the civil rights movement where and, and uh, in, in Vietnam, when when people were protesting the Vietnam War, this is the same level. And it's not just around one issue. It's about everything. It's with civil rights and LGBTQ rights and, and reproductive rights for women. These are all things that young people care about very much. Um, and because of the Parkland shooting and how many shootings there, there's been, young people have been forced to take a stand on a national level and pick up leadership roles. Like for example, the kids in Mars for Our Lives, I feel like really showed other young people around the country that it's possible for you to have a voice in politics on a national level. doesn't matter how young you were. Like for example, I was 14 years old and I was seeing what's going on and I was like, I can do this too. And I started getting involved more and more and more to the point where uh, I, I had a sit-in outside the Capitol for seven days long. Like I literally sat out there calling for an assault weapons ban for seven days. That would not have happened if March for Our Lives, those kids had not stepped up and taken action. So there will be a change very soon um, on this. And it's because of the actions of young people that we are pissed off and we're not going to take no for an answer. Like just uh, yesterday, um, there was a Washington Post article that came out that President Biden is opening up a, an office of gun violence prevention. That is incredible. That's a huge, huge accomplishment for the for the movement. And that's something that young people have been asking for for two years since he got elected. I woke up today, check my phone. Today, uh, Biden's opening, um, I forget what it's called, the Climate Corps or something. Um, climate is not really like my issue. I'm still very passionate about it. But that's another thing that I know that People have been asking for young people for so long, and he's listening to young people. And that's going to translate into young people voting and reelecting for uh, President Biden in 24. So uh, change will come. And I'm very hopeful that widespread change will come in 24, because uh, since 2022, there's been millions, millions of young people who are of voting age who are registering to vote, and they're pissed off. 
So a lot of a lot of uh, people, you know, were rightfully upset when the Supreme Court uh, ruled that uh, overturned Roe v. Wade and they overturned affirmative action. And they said that uh, gay people can be denied the rights to go into anything. And they were all very upset. But I was going, OK, bring it on, because really all you're doing is you're going to solidify uh, your your party uh, in the grave in 24. I mean, sure, you're going to have this one little victory right now, but you're going to lose the war. So in 2024, I'm very, very confident that people, young people will come out and vote and make change. I think that determination to keep fighting is really inspiring, especially when you're working on this issue that is so scary and it's so close to home for you as well. In my own experience, it can be so overwhelming at times when I see notifications and articles about yet another mass shooting. So as a gun violence survivor and now as a gun violence prevention activist, what do you do to maintain your mental health as you're doing this work to make change? Um, Well, I'm lucky that... um like I don't work in politics really, like I don't get paid to do this. So it is all on the side, it's volunteer work. So when I get discouraged, I, um, I'm i a film scoring major. So I just will write music or I'll like go outside with my friends and like literally walk down the street. I'll turn off, I'll turn my phone off, I'll get off Twitter. Um, that's very important to like detox yourself from social media because it can get very, very overwhelming. And in times when like, it seems like nothing is happening, which honestly is quite frequent because the like government moves so slow. Um, it, it can be very discouraging, but, um, you know, I'm in, I mean, I talked to tons of other um, youth activists and uh, adults um, who have been, who've lost their kids in mass shootings and who are leaders of gun rights or, or sorry, gun control uh, organizations. And we give each other hope and we kind of feed off each other's energy because when, when someone is down, we pick that person up. If we're down, they pick us up. Um, it's a cycle. And of course, there are so many moments when we are discouraged. But I also think of it as like, are we going to give up? Like, okay, you're discouraged, but are you going to give up? Because then you, sh- surely nothing's going to happen. So I mean, giving up is never an option. But there are definitely moments where I, I become very discouraged. But I don't think I ever lose hope. Because I mean, yesterday, Biden opened an office of gun violence prevention. It's not opened yet, but he announced that he will. And um that right there gives me so much hope. Like he just re-energized the entire movement, I feel. Um, And, you know, for example, there, the, uh, in 2022, uh, the assault weapons ban passed. I mean, that was a major, major win. And of course it didn't pass the Senate, but it passed the house. And we knew that it was possible. Um, That gave us so much more energy going into this year. And of course, 2024, we know it's possible because it actually in in 1994, it literally was a thing. There was an assault weapons ban. So it's possible. It's discouraging, yes, but everything in politics is slow and discouraging. And actually the other side wants you to give up. So, um, I mean, if you want to give the other side a win, then give up. But, you know, there really is no, the, the, there is no choice. You can't give up. You've got to keep going forward. So um, I just honestly talk to my friends in this movement and uh, it can be very hard sometimes, but we just have to keep pushing forward. And I think uh, for, for anyone who is feeling discouraged, um, look forward to 2024. Yeah, I think that's true. And I always love an opportunity to remind people to vote on this podcast. So vote in 2024. So I have one last question for you. Lots of young people, especially high school students and college students, want to create change, but they may not know how to get started. Do you have any advice for those people who may be listening? You, okay, so the, the, the first thing, I, I say this to everyone, 
wherever what's whatever state you live in they may have different voter registration laws so that's the first thing you need to do you need to look up in your state um the voter registration laws uh, it's it's different everywhere um but i would say literally go out to the um the downtown with your friends set up a table and start registering people to vote start having meetings with your state uh, legislative officials um if they're against this obviously have meetings and ask where they stand and tell them how big of an issue this is for you. Um, go to rallies, um, hold rallies um, with people who are in support of this issue. Um, you can just literally create a rally and invite elected officials there and invite community members there. It doesn't like you don't have to wait for someone else to do it. You can do it yourself. Um, and it, it's the same thing goes for voter registration. You can do it yourself. You can get involved with a local politician who supports your values and you can go canvassing and you can go phone banking and you can help them raise money. That is all things that are super important. And then I haven't even started talking about the federal level um, where you can call Congress um, and you can like do what I did where you can literally camp outside the Capitol building for seven days. I mean, that's obviously more the, on the extreme side, um, but you can do honestly anything you want like a lot of people are like i'm scared to get started and i just say like i was too and i just did it anyway um so i mean that's you know it's that's not the best advice ever but there are many 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 opportunities for you to get involved um on the smallest level or the most national level like if you start speaking out it'll get you'll get more and more opportunities to speak out if that makes sense um like you can write another thing that's great you can write an op-ed for your local newspaper. That's an amazing, amazing uh, opportunity to get your voice out. It's very, very hurt. Um, another thing you can do is uh, sit in the gallery of um, your state legislature. And if they're talking about guns or they're talking about, you need to be there to support the issue that you care about. So all of those things I listed are amazing, amazing opportunities for you to get involved on a small level or a very high level. So yeah, all of those things are very, very valid and amazing opportunities. So just get involved, just start getting involved because there's there for a lot of people won't be like some big factor in their life that makes them get involved. Like for me, I lost my cousin um, and I was I felt like I had to do it, um, but that might not happen for a lot of people. Um, you might look at what's happening in the rest of the country and that might be enough. And for a lot of people, that is enough. And that's amazing. So just go out and start organizing, start holding events in your communities and, and you'll make a difference. I was really inspired by this conversation with Sam, and I think the word that comes to mind after speaking with him is perseverance. Gun violence is a massive, looming issue in the United States, but Sam has remained committed to making change through his activism. I think Sam's story, particularly his vision and hope for change in the future, is a great example of how change comes when you stick with it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and you can find Sam on Instagram at Samuel L. Schwartz to get connected with him. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.